Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Sam. How is it? I'm like, we're really living the dream here. I have so much fun on these late nights in the studio. Yeah, we really treat this like a little party where we just get to hang out and be complete dorks. Yeah, exactly. We finally get to be ourselves. I'm excited to hear about what you're talking about today. You haven't told me what it is. Yeah, I've decided to do another surprise episode. Um, Would you like to guess or would you like me to just tell you what it is? Yes, I would like like a 20 question sort of thing really quick. Not obviously not 20 questions, but you know what I mean? I'll give you some hints. Have I seen it before? I don't know, actually. I think so. Okay. Um, It's like a very big budget movie. It's also a franchise, so I'm actually going to be going over multiple films today. Shut up. Is it Twilight? No, no, no. I would definitely consult you on that yeah, first. Yeah, say, have some respect for the t- collaborative <laughs> no, work it's here. it's starring a man. Ew. Sorry. That's like every movie. Is it like something super mask, like James Bond or something? It's something pretty mask. Yeah, super mask. Ugh. Is, yeah. it, is it Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> no. It's a superhero kind of vibe. Is it an X-Men? It is an X-Men. Is it like a James McAvoy character? No. Okay, just tell me. I'm not it's gonna get Deadpool. It. Cute uh, eye roll. <laughs> Lizzie, come on, dude. This is a safe space. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. There's some safety here. And we're going to have to do m- multiple of these? There's two Deadpool movies. And I'm going to go ahead and knock them both out in one I'm sitting. looking at Lee to like, I hope he's saving me or something. What's happening? Just adjusting your mic. <laughs> he's you. like, you are not safe. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you don't seem to be very excited about this, which is fine. I can work with that. That's giving it away, would you say? <laughs> have you seen these movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about them? In words, not just in the attitude that you are just <laughs> emanating right now. Um, I don't know. It's 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 so like era specific, like that, like self aware, meta, breaking the fourth yeah. wall kind of humor. And I think this movie like was really funny when that was like a fresh thing, and then like took a nosedive into being really annoying. The first Deadpool came out in 2016, and Deadpool 2 came out in 2018. So you're telling me in the last six to five years that you've gotten over it. Like, this is now a dated film. Absolutely. And I think everyone <laughs> would agree with that. You don't You don't agree? Um, I enjoy this movie. Um, I will say my letterbox review of it when I initially saw it, when it came out in 2016, I did not write a single word, but I did give it two and a half stars, which is pretty fucking low. <laughs> Whereas now I, for some reason, would give it a more forgivable Maybe a three and a half or even a four. I I laughed a lot in these movies. The first one is like tolerable. Like there are parts of the first one that I'm like, oh, this is like a fun, cute idea. Maybe I wouldn't sit down and watch it all front to back. But like the second one, I'm just like so over it at that point. It kind of does like the same thing again. So like Deadpool definitely has like its deadheads, I guess. Pool heads, (laughs) pool boys, (laughs) whatever the Deadpool fandom is called. Like, there's some definitely diehards. And there was a lot of hate on this movie. I just think, like, it's a specific kind of comedy that you either love or you don't. And I don't love it, but I definitely fucking giggled. And I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan. I I really like Ryan Reynolds. I think he's hilarious. Have you seen The Proposal with Sandra Bullock? Yeah, I like that movie. So fucking funny. It gets Mm -hmm. me right in the giggle dick. Mm -hmm. Um, But I bet you didn't think I would be bringing this up in terms of subtextuality, would ya? 
Wife cha. I know he like makes jokes about like having sex with guys or something, right? Yeah, he makes a lot of jokes about having sex with basically anyone and anything. Okay. So, look, you feel feel your feelings about this. I, I'm not like putting my Lizzie Guidra stamp of approval on this film necessarily, but I will say I was entertained. And it's queer enough for me to talk about today. Hey, that's totally fine. Don't (laughs) let my like lack of, you know, inspiration, happiness, you know, interest (laughs) really deter you from jumping into this. I will come around. I just need to make peace with that. That's this episode right now. Okay. Would you like a moment of silence? Okay. I've made peace with it. Okay. I'm all in now. We're all in. All right. Deadpool. Let's go. So to understand the character Deadpool, you need to kind of briefly understand the difference between mutants and like your typical superhero, like your Supermans, Batmans, that kind of thing. So I was actually initially going to do the X-Men movie for this episode, but I would think the X-Men could absolutely have a whole episode of their own um, because it's been said that the way mutants are created and how they're treated as story characters, that they very much could stand in as like a symbol for queer people. Mutants are born with powers. There's like a mutant gene that you can pass on to your kids that you can inherit from your parents. And that gene gives you like certain abilities that generally alienate you from society and cause you to bound to kind of bind together with other mutants and like kind of chosen family units. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of that guy with wings. Yeah, I, I don't I know very little about the X-Men other than I've seen a lot of the movies. I know Wolverine mm. and Storm. Mm-hmm. That's about it, though. I re- I like the X-Men. I know like a oh, good yeah? deal about them. Yeah. And I know Deadpool's origin story and their like first iteration of him was like really bad. Really bad. Yeah. That was in the 2009 Wolverine origin movie. Mm-hmm. They had a Deadpool that was also played by Ryan Reynolds. That was just, like a total no. flop. The people did mm-hmm. not. And actually, they just like erased that from the canon. They're <laughs> like, we're pretending that Deadpool never happened. Wasn't he called like X or something? He or was like called Mutant like Weapon X. X1 or something. Yeah. Something stupid like that. And he, yeah. He made a couple of jokes, but he didn't have the red and black suit that the current Deadpool is known for and the, like, attitude of everything that comes out of this man's mouth is a fucking joke, which I live for because 30 Rock is one of my favorite shows for that very reason. Every breath is a joke. Every line is a joke, and they don't all hit. But if you're throwing 90 jokes on the wall in a span of 60 seconds, some are going to hit, and yeah. you're going to have an audience. So I appreciate that this is so, like, comedy-saturated. Because I like a good comedy. So so we'll, we'll come to the X-Men in a future episode. But basically, Deadpool starts as this just like smart-ass guy, Ryan Reynolds, named <laughs> Wade Wilson, who gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so this like kind of evil scientist mutant offers him a way to transform him into a mutant so that he'll survive his cancer and become basically a superhero. Um, but it kind of goes horribly wrong. And he becomes like horribly disfigured and scarred. And his abilities enable him to basically never die. Like, he cannot be killed. He cannot kill himself. He could even be incinerated, decapitated, all the aided, and his parts will, like, crawl back to each other and regenerate. Yeah, doesn't Wolverine get, like, rebar, like, stuck between him in all different ways and then drop to the bottom of the ocean and he just has has to, like, survive there? Something like that? Something like that. Because he gets his, um, 
and maybe I'm thinking of a different origin story, but he gets his immortality from Wolverine. You're thinking of the origin story from the Deadpool of the like 2009 version. Yeah, the bad one. (laughs) (laughs) The really like dark, intense one. Like the Deadpool movies are pretty light, which is also a reason why I didn't mind them so much. Because do you find that superhero movies just like take themselves so seriously? Like the latest Batman with no spoilers, I thought it took itself so fucking seriously. Well, they oscillate between DC's hella dark to Marvel's Ugh. joke every two seconds. Yeah. And I would just, I would rather have like a story about a superhero play more like a Gilmore Girls, you know? <laughs> like, I know that they're like saving the world and whatever, but like to see them in these like hyper specific situations where they're making a joke every five seconds or they're in complete darkness wearing eyeshadow. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's so old hat, you mm-hmm. know? Did you see WandaVision? I thought WandaVision was like right in the middle of and was super fabulous for being very fresh and different. Like you got to see their normal life and then you got to see all the twisted fuck up like grief shit that she was going through. I should watch it. Yeah. I I don't have Disney Plus, but I'll get on it. I'll give you my login. Oh, even though I don't like Deadpool. Yeah. It's I don't care if you don't like Deadpool. (laughs) I barely enjoy Deadpool. You're like, listen, I don't care if you leave here liking Deadpool less. (laughs) As long as you're willing to listen to me for an hour, we are all good. Yeah. I can listen to you talk about anything. So this is fine. So scotch tape was actually invented in 1916, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, So, yes. (laughs) So, you know, I I know you're like, okay, great, great, great. Deadpool, X-Men, it makes sense. Like the X-Men can be seen as like like a metaphor for queer society. Sure. But why Deadpool? So Deadpool has actually been confirmed by creators of the comic book and of the movies as being uh, a pansexual person. So... Before we go on from there, I kind of just want to have a brief conversation about that word, what pansexuality means. You know, disclaimer before we move forward, I've had a hard time with labels, and I think ultimately everyone assigns their own labels to themselves, and the meaning of those labels are what they decide. So moving forward into this conversation, this is like my interpretation based on heard how I've heard the word used among my friends and peers that I know, and also... I've done some like kind of internet research and just reaching out to people I don't know on the internet and just kind of being like, how is this word used? How is it assigned? So um, so this is my interpretation. Um, so pansexuality is an attraction towards people regardless of their sex or gender identity. So like a common phrase I've heard um, when referring to like pansexual relationships is like hearts, not parts. So seeing like the person for what they are, regardless of how that person that you are attracted to identifies. One of like the most common questions I've heard is like, well, what's the difference between pansexuality and bisexuality? So if pansexuality is attraction to someone regardless of their sex or gender identity, bisexuality is more the attraction to people of your own gender and other genders as well. You know, that's my interpretation of it. So I kind of want to dive in and there's not a whole lot of evidence in the Deadpool world. We'll talk more in like the development sphere as well and not just what the movie kind of shows for Deadpool's identity. But I think it is definitely worth talking about because this is not anything that I've seen in another superhero context. So where this kind of all began, this like whispering about Deadpool's sexuality, um, actually started with the comic book co-creator. Um, so Fabian Nasiza, who is one of the guys who invented Deadpool back in the early 90s, he'd been dogged by like a bunch of 
his fans for years and years to have some sort of like concrete explanation to Deadpool's sexuality. Because in the comic books, he's just constantly making advances at basically anyone in his path (laughs) of any gender, any circumstance. He's always making a pass uh, in a very comedic way. And so after being like tweeted and hounded in 2015, he finally answered to a fan's question about this matter. Deadpool is whatever sexual inclination his brain tells him that he is in that moment. And then the moment passes. And then he later follow-ups this statement. Deadpool is no sex in all sexes. He is yours and everyone else's. So not to be dismissive, but rather the epitome of inclusive. So I thought that was a pretty interesting statement that also sounded a little dismissive. (laughs) Um, But I guess if you've been with a character for 25 plus years, you're like, I know this guy. I can't give you a concrete answer. Yeah, it also seems like Deadpool was created with the intention of not labeling them. So like being hounded for a label is like in itself really annoying. But also by saying like, well, he is everything, period, stop asking, is also like <laughs> a non-answer. Yeah, exactly. It's very much a non-answer. One, and one point he says later is like, look, if I pu- basically if I put a label on him, it's going to alienate this character from the other fans that love him. So do you think that they're not like leaning in, like they're being intentionally vague and nobody needs a label? I just want to be very clear. Like mm-hmm. any person could be anything and nobody needs to answer questions, but like as a franchise with a lot of different showrunners, do you think that they're being intentionally vague about putting him under an LGBT umbrella? Because like every time I see a Deadpool sticker, it's next to like a Blue Lives Matter sticker or like a, you know, like a very, there's a lot of conservative people, men specifically who rally behind Deadpool. So I don't know if they're being vague to like not alienate part of their audience. I'm going to go with 100% yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with like, the, actually I have do, I did find some like kind of stuff written about that, but apparently, so Ryan Reynolds was of course kind of hounded about this as well. Like what's up with Deadpool? Like what's Deadpool's sexuality? Can you label it for us too, Ryan? But he like admitted in an interview that they, it's kind of insinuated that they took a much le- lesser budget for this film mm-hmm. from the studio in exchange for more control over how the character was shown. And mm. I think that that obviously extends past it, the sexuality of this character into like how violent and sexual the movie is, period, and the amount of jokes they were able to make about the franchise of X-Men and Marvel as a whole. But I, I definitely think that they were able to push the envelope a little bit more because they weren't under as much like studio budget duress. So basically the studio in my mind was like, okay, well you can do what you want, but we're going to give you way less money. So your movie's not going to go as far. But when Ryan Reynolds is asked about it, what does he say? So this is a pretty complicated answer. So sales definitely affects the subject matter of these huge studio movies. I mean, that will probably surprise no one. Um, but right off the bat, this film, Deadpool 1, at least, was banned in many countries for just the <laughs> level of profanity it has. It's a superhero movie that's a rated R film, which is not a thing. That does that hardly ever happens. Yeah. So right off the bat, Ryan Reynolds was like, well, we were already banned in China, so we could do a bunch of more stuff. And he has said in the Deadpool 3 that is currently in development that he wants to show Deadpool as like an actively bisexual character is how he phrased it. Hmm. Um, So I'm super curious to see if the studio kind of lets them explore that side of Deadpool 3, Um, because I'll obviously go into the plot soon and pull out any any information I can um, to support all of this. But 
you know, it's not beefy. It's, it's not even that subtextual. It's just like little winks at the camera. Yeah, for sure. Um, one person that was on board about Deadpool's sexuality, though, is the director of Deadpool 1, Tim Miller. He was super adamant in an interview I found. He literally said, Deadpool is pansexual. He's like, write that down. <laughs> uh, and that was quoted word for word in an interview I found with him. So I think it's hilarious that they're like, how gay can he be? He's like chopping people's arms off. That's what I'm saying. And like, he has sex with a woman. Like, there are nipples and tits and ass all over this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, why can't we just like actually let him like other people as well? Yeah. Why can't we use the word pansexual? Yeah. Like, that's just so annoying. Yeah. This movie is so violent and so sexual. I'm like, but, but, but just go all the way. Um, so... <laughs> This is such a fun fact and random thing, but one relationship that uh, has been kind of shipped in the Deadpool fandom that I found that it's like very, very popular is apparently Deadpool and Spider-Man get very flirty in the comics. So people, the fans are like calling for Spider-Man to be a part of the DP3 um, because there's just like apparent chemistry of them on the page. So I'm like Tom Holland and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, sure. I mean, why the hell not? These people are like specimens. Specimens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, they're going to be attracted to each other. It's like, even if you work in an office with a bunch of <laughs> random normie people, a few of them are going to date, you know? Yeah, Jim Halpert and Pam are eventually going to get together. Yeah, and they are the Jim and Pam of the Marvel Yeah, <laughs> at least let them flirt for a second. Yeah. That's all I want. All right, so with that image in your mind, let's dive into the plot. Let's get into it. I'm, I'm going to go over both movies, but like, quite briefly, kind of just like give you the bare bones plot. So Deadpool 1, directed by Tim Miller, this was his directorial debut, was released in 2016. In this movie, we open on Deadpool getting dropped off at a fight scene in a taxi cab. He's on a revenge mission for the person who scarred his body, a man named Francis. And I want to show you a scene from the very beginning of the movie. Yay! So in this scene, you know, you've already touched on this, but Deadpool does something that I don't think I've seen in another superhero movie uh, other than Deadpool 2, and that's break the fourth wall and (laughs) directly address the audience. So in this clip, Deadpool is talking to you and Mm. to me. Love that. Oh! Oh, hello. I know, right? Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I can't tell you, but it does rhyme with Pulverine. And let me tell you, he's got a nice pair of smooth criminals down under. Anyway, I got places to be, a face to fix, and oh, bad guys to kill. That's it. That's all you're going to give me. You want to see more? He just kicks some ass after that. Yeah. So this is basically our introduction to Deadpool. And this is also our introduction to him basically sexualizing every single person. (laughs) And so, yeah, breaking the fourth wall is actually something that Deadpool does in the comic book series. And there's like dozens of series involving Deadpool. It's I don't really know much about comics, but I guess a single character can be in like many, many, many iterations. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cool. I love it. They can have, yeah, different universes with different storylines yeah. all contradicting each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super interesting. But yeah, in the Deadpool comic series, this is something that he often does is break the fourth wall. And he can also like do this thing where he like has conversations with his own inner monologue, like the yellow spaces on top that are like giving him his thoughts and telling him what he's doing. He'll like converse with those yellow boxes. <laughs> and basically it's just very irreverent. And um, one of the one of the other creators was like, well, I mean, in the 90s when we created this character, we just kept expecting to be canceled every two or three minutes. So we just did whatever the <laughs> fuck we want. Like Deadpool kind of got all of our like leftover ideas that we couldn't fit into like the really clean storylines of the other Marvel and X-Men dudes, mm-hmm. which I thought was really funny because um, in the end it's created the most highest grossing movies of all of the X-Men movies. No way. Like, people are... Yes. Did they anticipate that success or? I don't think so. The I'll just go into it now. The budget of the first movie was $58 million, which sounds like a lot. But the Avengers movies are like upwards of $120, $200 million. What about like the solo ones? Like did Wolverine's origin get like a shit ton more? Uh, the X-Men origin Wolverine movie where we first see the Deadpool character launch that everyone was so criticizing of mm-hmm. was $150 million budget. So Jeez. $100 million more was attributed <laughs> to this movie. And the two movies combined, the two Deadpool movies, pulled $1.5 billion in revenue. God damn. Billion. It, they were the highest grossing R-rated films at the time. Like Deadpool 1 came out was the highest grossing R-rated movie in history mm-hmm. until Deadpool 2 came out. And that one made <laughs> like $4 million more. Damn. Uh, but they both were eventually beat out by uh, 2019's Joker, which made a billion dollars. Uh, it made one billion dollars. If I, if you think I don't like Deadpool, you haven't heard me talk about the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dead. I promise to you, I will never do that movie on this podcast. I, I thank you very much for for promising never to do that movie. Lizzie and I watched that movie and. You know, I'm going to get dragged through the streets for this, but, like, I just hated it. I walked out of there and I just fucking hated it. It was the most, like, self-congratulatory. If you, if all the reasons I hated Deadpool, I hated it worse and it wasn't even fun to watch. But that, at least Deadpool is fun to watch. That's true. Yeah. Joker is not fun to watch. But Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, after this fourth wall breaking moment, which I just wanted to bring up because I, I think it is very unique to the genre. Um, we see him kick a bunch of bad guys' asses, whatever, whatever. Tons of gratuitous violence. Oh my God, someone gets like smashed into a highway sign and we just see him get like obliterated to a pulp. Decapitations, like they hold no bars back on the violence in this movie. But I think it's pretty well done. So if you're going to be violent, do it fucking well. We have to earn it. You know, mm. don't just be. We saw X this past week. I don't want to. I don't want to deter y'all. But I. I do. I don't see it. How she feels about Joker. <laughs> I felt about X. I had not a single second of it was fun for me. Is it violent? So violent. Yeah, it's violent. In so. in Lizzie's words, it's unearned and unearned. It's, it's the guy who directed Cabin Fever two, I think. Yeah, Ty West, who yeah. did VHS. Oh God, VHS. VHS. I, I fuck with. So yeah. I went into Cabin in the Woods like hell, or not Cabin in the Woods. I went into. <laughs> I rather have gone into Cabin in the Woods, but um, I went into X. Oh God, Lee, I want to spoil it, but there's a part in that movie. Where I just turned to Lizzie and I was like, I want to go home. I was like, can we leave? But I was like, God, I paid $12 for this ticket. I think, yeah, your partner was asleep. So I was like, I don't want to wake him. <laughs> God, I wish I could have fallen asleep like a defense mechanism. 
Anyway, if you like that movie, I, I really am open to knowing why. <laughs> yes, I would love to know why. Maybe I'm an idiot. No, you're not. <laughs> um, okay, back to Deadpool. Uh, so, yeah, he kills 12 guys with 12 bullets, and then we get this freeze frame moment and another direct address to camera where he says, You're probably thinking, my boyfriend said this was a superhero movie. Well, I may be super, but I am no hero. This is a love story. And to tell a love story, I need to take you back to before I squeeze this ass into red spandex. And we get like a very tight shot of his ass. And I also thought this direct camera was pretty interesting and did a couple of things that I had never really seen done in a superhero movie before. And that was not only addressing the audience, but addressing the audience, assuming they are kind of like the fringe. Like they're addressing the girlfriend of the like skinny, scrawny guy who's mm -hmm. like the incel who's obsessed with Deadpool, mm -hmm. which I thought was just hilarious because it kind of felt like he was talking to me. I had dragged myself <laughs> to this movie. And also he self-sexualizes himself by like forcing you to look at his like full frame ass mm -hmm. in these tight little pants. And like, I just feel like superheroes are so virginalized. Like they're almost like no. neutered. No, I disagree. They're <sighs> sexy. They're sexy, but like all they get is like chased pecks on the mouth. Like, Mwah. yeah. Now, once you you saying that, I'm thinking of like the Hulk and Black Widow and how they're supposed to be like in a torrid romance, and like <laughs> they look like they can't really even stand each other. You know? I know the chemistry in these movies is just like witty banter and the occasional like kiss at the end. Yeah, like fucking Storm and like Vision, isn't it? And not Vision, but Storm and um the guy who burns shit with his eyes. Flame eyes. Who is Cyclops. Cyclops. Yes. God, I'm so glad. I'm like they wouldn't here. they couldn't have a dinner together. Yeah. And like they would run out of things to talk about. But the the good chemistry in the X-Men is um fucking Magneto and Mystique. They fuck. Dude, Mystique is hot. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great character. Mm -hmm. And has been portrayed by some of like the sexiest women in Hollywood. Absolutely. We will talk about the X-Men. Maybe you'll do the X-Men episode for us. I just don't think there's enough meat there. Promise you there is. I, I avoided trying to say any of it, but there was definitely enough meat there. I, I derailed this effectively. Please continue. <laughs> no, talking. Anyway. Meanwhile, at Xavier's School for the Gifted Youngsters, which is the X-Mansion, we do figure out that there are two X-Men that are trying to convert Deadpool to join the good side, basically join the X-Men, which are the Avengers of this universe. Um, it's just like a group of mutants that like do good or whatever. I only bring this up because there's two of these X-Men. One is Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which I'm sending you a picture of right now. I, I remember. I love them. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Um, and they'll come up in Deadpool too, but. And then Zazie Beetz is in this, right? Yeah, she's in the second one. Oh, shit, she's, she's not amazing. in this one? No, she's not in this one. Damn. Uh, she plays Domino, who has, like, the coolest superpower of all time, which is just being lucky. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I feel like that's my partner. Like, if we're out trying to, like, drive around downtown and get a parking spot, if they're driving, we will get a parking spot right in front of the restaurant. Like, I'm not exaggerating, you guys. I can confirm. We were, like, all hanging out the other day, and they were like, oh, I would love to see Bonnie Vare. And then they, like, looked at their phone, and they're like, I just got a front row Bonnie Vare ticket. I'm going backstage. 100%. <laughs> like, no exaggeration. <laughs> Some guys just walk in the light, you know? What are, where do I walk, then? I walk, like, under <laughs> a ladder. In the shadow of that person. <laughs> yeah, in the shadow of that person. Like, please don't get, don't poop on me, birds. <laughs> 
Okay. I'm sharing this photo of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yes, looking like they make a joke about Sinead O'Connor, right? Yes. Yeah. They do. <laughs> just exactly. Sinead O'Connor that like shops at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, like the crop haircut, black lipstick. Um, this person uh, does the voiceover for the immortal. Um, my immortal. My immortal. <laughs> She's Raven Wave darkness. Mm, of dark hair <laughs> with the oversized My Chemical Romance t shirt. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. It's important to know she's involved. We'll come back to her later. This, this is, is a person who is queer. This person should be the center of this film. Absolutely. Like, I want Deadpool to be their, like, sidekick. Yes. Oh, but they have a great chemistry. Um, do they Do they use, uh, what pronouns do they use in the movie? I don't remember, so I don't want to. I think they use she, but I, okay. I truly do not know. Okay. I think they use she. I feel like if they were non-binary, I would fucking know. It would have come up. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they can't even say that fucking Deadpool is pan. Like, they're going to take 10 years to understand what the fuck non-binary is. 100%. -hmm. Uh, That's going to be, like, in 2030. Yeah. Um, So, we kind of learn more about Deadpool's life. We go to his neighborhood bar. um, And here is where we meet his soon-to-be girlfriend, fiancé person, Vanessa, who is played by Marina Baccarin. She's the one that looks like Natalie Imbruglia. No, no, no. Does she look like... um? Here, have a photo. She does look like Natalie Imbruglia, right? This is one of the hottest women to grace this planet. She's, Respectfully disagree. I take so much offense to that. She is in Firefly, and I... We need to... There it can is. Can I sign a petition to put this fucking woman into every movie? She's yeah. wonderful. I- I think she's medium at best. You have to rewatch these films. She is the best part of these movies. Disagree. She does so much. Well, what's the best part of this movie then, Sam? When it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bitch, I have four more pages of notes for you. So Yay. All right. Can you describe my wife, oh, he's, Vanessa, he's, for me? I mean. She's amazing. She's attractive and like, she's clearly a beautiful woman. I mean, I don't I don't want to sit here and judge who and who isn't worthy of adoration. You know, I'm a mere mortal. She's stunning. But I mean, is she my favorite? No. Is she even on the list? No. All right. Moving right along. They have (laughs) a human relationship. Yay. This man and this woman uh, instantly have crazy sexual chemistry. And this is where all the nipples and butts come in that I was mentioning earlier. They do this really cute thing. I thought it was cute. They have like a montage moment of them having sex over a year through all the different holidays. Like they have sex on Valentine's Day. They have sex on Thanksgiving on like Thanksgiving table. They have sex on Chinese New Year. And she like pegs him on International Women's Day. And yeah, here's all that gratuitous sex that we totally miss in all the Marvel movies. Tell me like... Name a single sexualized scene of the fucking Captain America. He is a virgin. I don't watch that shit. I've never seen any of them. (laughs) It's like asking a straight person about Drag Race. Like, I don't know what the fuck about Captain America. So, yeah. So, at this point. Wait, in Captain America, there is that scene. (laughs) I'm I'm pretending I haven't seen the movie. But there's a scene where they, like, jack up that guy. Uh Oh, Captain America, that guy. They jack him up and then... That other old timey girl is like, "Ooh, you're hot," and they have chemistry, right? I don't know what you're talking about, but Wait, I do you know it. you know what I'm talking about? You're telling me he gets jacked up, and then there's an old timey girl. Have, has no one it's here the, seen Captain America? No. I've seen the scene. Are you talking about like when he first becomes Captain America and gets yeah. strong? 
Yeah, because his his origin story is like he's a sickly lad with like polio. He's like a tiny little guy. Yeah. And then he does like a feat of like extreme bravery. And they're like, this is our one that we need to jack up to be like superhuman. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a Gryffindor. Gryffindors are so boring. I Dude, such Gryffindor vibes. Yes. Yes. Over it. All the hot ones are in Ravenclaw. Slytherin's pretty out too, but they're actually problematic. You know, yeah, they're like hella racist. <laughs> hella elitist as fuck. Yeah, classist as shit. Nah, we don't fuck with them. Yeah. Ravenclaws are right in the middle. Yeah, Ravenclaws are hot. Yeah. So yeah, Deadpool and Vanessa fall madly in love. And this is where like a lot of fans get kind of mad, and myself included. It's like if you're gonna go through the trouble of labeling this man pansexual. But, like, ultimately, the entire movie is labeled a love story about him and this woman. Like, like, why give him a love story at all? I mean, I guess he deserves a love story. You know what I mean? I just was like, okay, okay, okay. Now we just have another movie where the central conflict is a romance. I think it's all coming back to that, like, point of they wanted, like, the street credit or whatever of having this pansexual character without any of the work. Yeah. And then they get to, like, slap this, like— hetero-presenting relationship in front of the audience and, like, you know, pacify all their conservative fans, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with a pansexual character having a hetero-presenting relationship. That is totally fine. But you know when it's done right and you know when it's done for the sake of the character rather than for the sake of the audience. And this just, like, never sat super well with me. Yeah, it's definitely just, like, another great, like, another pair of very attractive man and woman with chemistry. Like, it's just more of the same. It's like, can we get something a little different? Yeah, exactly. You're teasing us with this, like, open, you know, progressive viewpoint, and then you're just, like, shoving another movie down our throat that we've seen like a thousand times where's like the studio that's afraid to offend their progressive audiences like why are we always <laughs> catering to the fucking normies who like can't wrap their mind around a single new concept that isn't even new just suppressed you're telling me there's 50 hundred x-men and none of them are just like outly super gay like that is statistically improbable well i'll give you a super gay out x-men so you know what? I was going to go through the entire plot of this movie. It doesn't fucking matter. Basically, Deadpool makes quips to men, women, like cartoon characters, though eventually is in love with this Vanessa person, has to save her in the end, blah, blah, blah. There's a happy ending. In Deadpool 2, we do get a moment that I think is worth talking about. And it doesn't even have anything to do with fucking him. So here we go. Let's see it. So the clip I'm about to show you is Ooh, he ugly. from Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, he's so ugly. He, he's serving like leprechaun <laughs> in the hood, but like is pale. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. Okay, so the leprechaun movie was the movie that made me realize I like scary movies, if that's even possible. It's not a scary movie. <laughs> it is. It is a scary movie. For like seven years old. Well, I'm fucking in fourth grade. So. This whole episode sounds like I'm negging you. I'm not. She hates me, y'all. I'm so sorry. Okay, in this scene in Deadpool 2, because I'm just fucking skipping Deadpool 1. We're, we're done with it. Deadpool is in the X-Mansion and is talking to... X-Mansion? That's so cute. Is that is what it's, it's called? called? Yeah, it's where James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and them hang out or that whatever. That is so cute. I know. It's just a lovely place. Um, he's talking to... Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus. You're wasting your time, shiny Jesus. I'm not X-Men material. Understatement of the year. Wade, Yu-Gi-Oh! 
Yukio Wade. What in the fuck knuckles is this? She's my girlfriend, you intolerant shit. Whoa! Pump the hate breaks, Fox and Friends. I'm just surprised anyone would date you, especially Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony. I like this guy. <laughs> a it's great seeing you like this. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Now, some ground rules well under our roof. So this is a very short scene that is like literally the tiniest little thing. It's like literally historic in being like the first openly queer character in a Marvel movie. Ah, yeah. Okay. Because I was like, it's statistically improbable that none of them are super fucking gay at this point. And you're like, well, do I have something to tell you? All of them are gay, but this one finally (laughs) fucking says it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even think this really registered when I watched Deadpool 2 because I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's gay. (laughs) Duh. Do you think think that they're all so gay that they don't even need to come out? Yeah. So it's like, it's like why we've never seen it. <laughs> well, they all have to like come out as mutants to their family. Why do they need to come out again? They're like, I've already done the first coming out. I am done. You're so right. You're like drawing the parallels with the X-Men, like as being a queer narrative. But I, there are those scenes in like the first few movies where they do come out as like, hey, I have superpowers. And their yeah. family's like, get the fuck out exactly. of here. Exactly. That, that is just one of the many things I think you could pull and do like a full episode on. Because there's more. I feel like that's a you thing now. You open this can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after Deadpool 1, like, people on the internet, like, the people like me who actually have the, like, incentive and the initiative to, like, call out people on the internet were like, hey, like, what the fuck? This is supposed to be a pan character. Like, you're just going to ignore that and just give us another hetero romance. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, with the success of the first one, I think they got even more control for the second one. And we earned a scene like this with an openly queer woman introducing us to her girlfriend by words, not just by insinuation, which, you know, it's not a lot, but it is historic and it is something. But we also got some nods in some of the marketing for Deadpool 2 that I would just like to show you. I literally cannot believe that this was real. So... This is the, like, title song of the film. Like, you know how in the beginning of a James Bond movie, there's, like, the Billie Eilish song with, like, all the, like, the cascading clocks images. And the clocks yeah. tunnels and the spotlights exactly. and the whatever. This is that, but for Deadpool. This song is written and performed by Celine Dion. Shut up. Is this really? What? Does she know what movie this is? <laughs> These tears to put out the fires in my soul. Alright, so in this video, Deadpool is <gasps> I saw <performing>, the name <laughs> yes. is performing in full ass stilettos to Celine Dion's ashes. The man in that suit is not Ryan Reynolds, is in fact Giannis Marshall, who you might recognize from this beautiful piece of choreo. Hell yeah. I'll link this video. Wait, have you seen his Spice Girls? I have. Uh, I went on like a binge whenever I realized that this was him. I love it. So in case you don't remember who Giannis Marshall is, you've most certainly been one of the 58 million viewers who have now viewed this video, but he is famous for his stiletto choreography that he performs. (laughs) And just like, what did you think about this Celine Dion music video? I feel like... 
her people just told her, like, here's the brief, here are the lyrics, perform this song for like $50 million. It seems like she she did not know what this video was going to be. Au contraire, Ryan Reynolds from One Canadian to Another wrote her a letter as Deadpool asking her if she would like to collaborate on this video, telling her exactly what the premise was. And she was like, hell yes. She was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. She has like a weird Canadian French accent. (laughs) It's hard to do. Uh, So... To me, that, that was like a really nice nod to the queers in the audience as like, yeah, we know. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Ryan's putting in emails to the bosses. We're trying to get some fucking representation up in here. You know, I don't like this movie, but I do love the visual of Celine Dion having her morning tea or whatever and getting a letter from Deadpool being like, <laughs> sure, what the fuck else am I doing this week? <laughs> I'm going to link both of these videos for you guys, both Celine Dion's music video for Ashes and the Giannis Marshall choreo that literally changed my life um they're so fucking entertaining and so good so yeah so other than that the deadpool 2 was kind of more the same as deadpool 1 we get this scene with negasonic and her girlfriend yukio and you know and he makes a couple of advances more open advances on um male and female identifying characters but for the most part it's all talk and no bark or whatever the saying goes were there um, like gay writers in the room or was a... Not, th- I honestly didn't look into it, but I don't know. I don't know. Because this is serving, and I hope I'm wrong, this is serving to me as like not like, like something... a pandering like, kind of thing? More like a, not even performative, but like, you know, oh, we said he was pansexual. Okay, let's throw like a few of these scenes in. But it's so like hidden and, and that's the thing, like... Like, I think there's only so much you can do as a writer writing for one of these big mega studios where literally all they care about is making as much millions as possible. So I do think this character has more to him than this. We just haven't seen it yet. Not because necessarily the creators don't want to, but because they can't. And I don't know if that's true. I really don't. And I do have hope out for Deadpool 3 because apparently it is being written by the Molyneux sisters, who are two of the writers from Bob's Burgers. Yes. So, you know, I've always said not enough Bob's Burgers material was in Deadpool. Not enough. It would yeah. be the perfect compliment for all of it. Absolutely. Um, and Linda and Bob are both gay icons. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. And all the kids, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, like, if... If there was like an ounce of Bob's burgerisms in mm-hmm. this movie, it would read so much gayer. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Deadpool 3 will be the one that we get. And also now that his like girlfriend's dead, who knows? Maybe he gets... Rip. Well, I think he brings her back in the after credits scene. Whether that sticks cool. or not, we we never know what rules we're going to have to follow with these Marvel Cinematic Universe films. <laughs> but whatever, we're here for it. You know, that being said, I think this is a fun movie. I think if you went back and watched it, you would have more fun than you remember. But also, I'm not going to make you do shit. The first one is fun. Like, the clips that you showed me, I was like, oh, it's one of those movies that, like, you do have a good time watching. I don't mean to be, like, a negative Nelly about (laughs) it. But I just... It's Deadpool. He's, like, winking at the audience every three words, breaking the fourth wall, shaking his little ass. It's like... You could be gay. I know mm-hmm. you could be gay. Like, yeah. I, when I say you could be gay, like, you can go all the way with your identity. You have all the money in the world. Or yeah. 
a fraction, but still like an unfathomable amount to like an independent queer film that's risking it all to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't accept that as an explanation why this isn't what it should be. And I think we should stop accepting that as like queer audience members. It's 2022. Just let Deadpool be gay. Come on. Like he's already a ridiculous person. Like who is this imaginary audience that we're catering to that like can't stand the fact that like people are dating anything other than like the opposite gender? This isn't the first Iron Man. Like there is a charcuterie board of superhero movies. Hundreds. And there's like thousands of Star Wars movies on Disney Channel or whatever the fuck at this point. It's like you can have one gay character just be pan and like be pan at a hundred percent, like it's weak sauce in my in my perspective. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Like let's go all the way. Doesn't he have like? Doesn't his his hand get really small or something weird? <laughs> <laughs> so if his uh if his like extremities get cut off, including his head, he can grow them back, but they have to like go through puberty. It's like, like they start off as. <laughs> How do we come to terms with that as an audience? But they're like, nope, they can't handle him being pan. (laughs) I I really don't know. So I'm not even going to ask you what you learned. Did you learn anything? (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that Lizzie could talk to me about scotch tape and I would be happy. She could even talk to me about a movie that I don't like and I can be excited about it. And, you know, I feel the same way about this movie, I think, that I did before this episode. But I do like it a smidge more knowing that like it makes you happy yeah it makes me happy good what did i learn okay you asked <laughs> what was that um yeah what did you learn lizzie i learned that deadpool the comic book character is from canada and ryan reynolds is from canada celine dion celine dion is from canada brooklyn so- heights Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights is Celine Dion. They are the same person. Let's go down the list of everyone we know that's from Canada. Drake. End of list. Yeah. But they can have like Canadian accuracy, but they couldn't like. We can never have like queer accuracy in our characters. Like we have to have straight cowboys playing gay cowboys. Why can't we just have gay cowboys playing gay cowboys? Exactly. <laughs> I love how they're like. Well, he has to be Canadian. Sorry, we can't. We can't compromise on that. Point. We will not budge. All right, let's rate this piece of shit. Okay, Lizzie. So since we touched on both movies, we'll give them like an overall score. Does that sound fair? Yeah, let's score the whole franchise. Okay, so what would you give it on? Can you explain how the score works? Yeah, so the subtextual score is an average of how good we think the score is out of 10 and how gay the movie actually is out of 10. It's a cumulative average of all of those scores. Okay, so Lizzie, what would you give these films out of 10? Um, 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 on how good they are. On how good they are. Um, I would say a seven. What would you give them? Like a four. I've seen some stinkers too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lizzie. I'm just curious. Can you pull up your letterbox right now and tell me what you actually rated these films? I didn't rate them on letterbox. You didn't? No. Why? I watched them before letterbox existed. Why do I have them rated on Letterboxd? Because you're, I don't know, weird. Huh. I wonder if you could find a way to, like, hack people's Letterboxd account and give your own movie five-star ratings. What do you mean? You're trying to do that to me? <laughs> Make it appear like I like Deadpool? I'd be like, she has given it a five-star and a heart. Caught ya, ya bitch. Ya bitch. <laughs> All right, on a scale of one to ten. On how gay it is. I will say that it's a... Uh, 
Oh, I don't know. That's hard. I mean, there is a gay character, but it's not the title character. He says he's pansexual, but there's not much evidence. Like a six and a half. What do you give it on a scale of one to ten for how gay it is? Pretty weak sauce, you guys. Not going to lie. Although we do get some points for the titular character being pansexual canonically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it it might as well have not even made a difference mm-hmm. you know like they're throwing that in and it like bothers me at this point because they're not like with good faith honoring that mm-hmm. in any like tangible way um that feels good as an audience member who is queer so i'm gonna give it a four because at with- least the minor character addressed it yeah at least the minor, minor character, character. Mm-hmm. it's just a minor character okay let me do the average okay so five Point three eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that does. Sorry, five point three eight. Five point three eight. I'm. <laughs> God, this is impossible for you, me to put on Letterbox. You do what you will with Letterbox, but this is a point system that works for my spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, <laughs> don't. So <laughs> <Down> there. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm the boss of this spreadsheet. Okay. Is this the lowest movie we've had so far? Uh, no. The Fast and the Furious did worse after the Nas that we gave it. For real? I guess yeah. none of the characters were canonically gay, but I would say that they act more gay in that movie <laughs> than Ryan Reynolds does in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny how the score works out. You know, numbers—they aren't perfect. I, I, I think they are. But. <laughs> Fucking Virgo. Uh, So you already said that you didn't learn anything, right? I learned something about Canadian representation is what I learned. (laughs) Cool. And that we must honor that above all else. (laughs) Okay, cool. So how about I play us out Ashes? Go ahead. Thanks for listening to this episode of Subtextual. If you'd like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.